Robert Phoenix is hands down one of the best astrologers out there. His readings are searingly astute, as are his observations of what's playing out on the greater world stage, much of which he has accurately predicted. This ability got the attention of the Gaia Network, where he co-produced and presented 25 episodes of The Eleventh House, which is still one of Gaia's most watched presentations on astrology. He is host of the Friday Farcast and Sunday Night Astro Live, which are found on YouTube under Robert Phoenix, The Eleventh House. You can also watch his 15 Minutes of Flame, and that's O-V, Flame, on Rumble, Tuesday through Thursday. His website is robertphoenix.com. I recently spoke at his annual gathering in Kerrville, Texas, and there Robert gave a presentation on the Great American Eclipse Cycle. The first eclipse occurred in 2017, and that one divided the country in half. The second was the weekend of his event in mid-October of this year, and the third eclipse is coming in April of 2024. Robert's talk was, in my opinion, the most important astrological information he's offered to date. And in a time of ubiquitous propaganda, censorship, and media spin, Robert's clear, forthright, and candid approach will serve us very well to prepare for the massive changes these eclipses will bring. I personally don't want it sugar-coated. I want the full story in adult language so I can prepare accordingly. And that is why I have so much respect and regard for the information Robert brings forward. So welcome, Robert. Thank you, Shauna. It's always a pleasure to uh, co-create with you uh, in these spaces. Doesn't that sound very like 21st century social media? Totally. Like, friendly. It's great to co-create with you in these spaces. I feel very empowered when I co-create with you oh, in yes. these spaces. <laughs> it's true, I do. Well, I, I'm so honored to to have you on my little podcast. I always call it my little podcast. Should uh, be bigger. Come on, people, spread the word. I know. Well, you know, I sent you that information on the algorithms that, okay, yes. so I'll tell you I, I'm obsessed with, with sharks. I think I was one of the guys who was on, what was it, the... Um, Oh gosh, that that huge ship that sunk during World War II and like half the men were eaten by sharks. Anyway, no, it was in, in the Pacific, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh gosh, I forget the name of the ship now. But in any case, I listened to this guy Hal from Sharks Happen, and he just tells these different stories of shark attacks. It's <laughs> when I have too much time on my hands. But anyway, he did a whole thing on algorithms and just everything that YouTube is doing to keep the little guy basically, you know, so hidden that they can't possibly get more listeners. It's, yep. it's, it's crazy. And I don't understand all that, but I listened to both those videos and I'm like, I'm sending this to Robert because this is, I need to, you know, listen to those and really understand it. I don't have a tech person who can kind of, you know, finagle that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, let's just, talk about the the part of the word algorithm right the first part of the word is algal <laughs> which is connected to the fixed star algal mm -hmm. which is uh in the constellation perseus and algal is also known as the medusa star and uh historically it's been connected with things like lynchings uh beheadings anything that separates the head from the body. So we're talking about the throat, right? Which is where we generate speech from. Right. And um, so we look at algal, it's built into algorithm, you know? So what they'll do is they'll figure out ways to promote one person's speech. Well, on the other hand, cutting off, um, limiting, like you can be cut off. You don't have to be completely, uh, asphyxiated, you know, by, by a noose or hanging, you know, somebody could have their hands around your throat and you might get a little bit of air, right. And you might still be able to live. Um, but, it, but it definitely represses. This is the whole notion of algal. It represses. And we get the word alcohol from algal. And when people drink too much, they lose their head. So you can see how astrology is built into just about everything. And the algorithm is there to promote or um, 
or or to retard a person's influence in social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And then you're just listening to the same old, same old. It's just incredible. I I did a, an episode on bad trips several months ago, and it had I think almost 700 views, which for me is 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 a lot. And and then nothing. Then it just stopped. Right. And, and if I look myself up, you know, on on YouTube, I can't find myself. So it's just interesting. Anyway, all right, big digression, but still very interesting. I would like you to speak to first of all, what makes like we have eclipses all the time. What makes this particular set of three so unique? Because they're happening in totality in the United States, right? So totality is when the eclipse is at its peak. So when we were in uh, Kerrville two weeks ago, coming this Saturday, we were able to experience the eclipse in totality. In 2017, the eclipse started in totality in Oregon. So, you know, your old stomping grounds, your old neighborhood, right? The Pacific Pacific Northwest. So they were getting the totality of the eclipse then. And then in April of 2024, April 8th to be exact, the same eclipse, well, it's not the same eclipse because the, the, the path is different, but it will be in totality again in the same place that we were in Texas two weeks ago. So these are three eclipses within the span of six years where totality will have occurred. It's kind of unprecedented, actually. And there's a whole backdrop, which, you know, I got into uh, on Sunday when I, when I did my presentation to the group, which is really significant, like to understand where we're going, you have to under, you have to know where we've been. And that takes us back to August 21st of 2017, when it, it was the first of the three great American eclipses. And I will include the eclipse that we had um, last week, two weeks ago, well, being two weeks ago. I'll include that in the list. Although it, the other two, the, the one that we had in 2017 and the one we'll have in April, it's cleaner because it makes an X across the country, Right. And there's some very interesting, there's an interesting meeting point of those two eclipses, which is by the gateway in St. Louis, which we can talk about later. But I'll throw this eclipse that we had two weeks ago into the eclipse cycle, the Great American Eclipse. So if you go back and look at 2017, that eclipse started in uh, Oregon, which is the 33rd state to be admitted into the union. And then it basically cuts the country in two and exits on the 33rd degree parallel in Florida. So the number 33 comes up twice, which is really insane, right? You can't and, make that up. Right. And there's, it's so loaded. And, and even with this last eclipse that came again, it started right around Oregon, the same starting point. And it came down and it, and then it curved down through texas and it, and then it went south and then it was a different it took a bit of a different path it started off similar but then it then it went further south and then it came down through texas and i didn't really go through this but if you look at the map and people can look this up on the internet the number of towns named salem starting with salem oregon on the eclipse path of this last eclipse is insane like there's at least a dozen towns named salem that were dotted on this eclipse path. So like, you know, what is that all about? Right. Well, Salem, we know has to do with, you know, theoretically witches, mm-hmm. right. But it is also part of the word Jerusalem. Of course. Whoa. Right. So what are we dealing with now? We're, de- we're dealing with what's happening in the middle East and Jerusalem. Right. But if you go back to 2017, that eclipse cut the country in two mm-hmm. and it, it coincides with the Trump presidency. Right. And uh, you could make a case that Donald Trump's personality attitude, his astrology, even he's a Gemini, right? He's a Gemini on steroids that he's a polarizing figure. And when you have polarizing figures, um, it divides people. Like I was just, 
kind of do a brief sort of historical look back on Howard Cosell, the great sports announcer from the 1970s and the 60s. And Cosell was an incredibly polarizing person. And this is what happens when you get people who have very strong opinions and very strong beliefs. And Trump's opinions and beliefs would vacillate from being strong to wavering at times, to maybe to his fault. But um, when that eclipse happened, it also happened on Trump's rising sign. Trump is a 28-degree Leo rising. And then Mars uh, is also on his ascendant in Leo. So Trump has always been somebody who has courted conflict. Like he is a conflict-based person with Mars and his ascendant. That's like being uh, an Aries rising in some ways or having, you know, Mars there. He's not, he's, he's not, um, he's not afraid of conflict by and large. And for him being on the offensive has always been his stock and trade. Like one of the things that Trump says in uh, the art of the deals that he likes to throw a hand grenade in the middle of the room to see what happens. And, you know, he did that during the debates, his Mars was on full display. It was like, okay, let's start picking them off one after the other. But the eclipse happened right on his ascendant and right on his Mars. And, you know, we went through this kind of little exercise. Uh, it wasn't really an exercise, just a kind of a preamble to the eclipse that ancient cultures thought it was um, not good to look at the eclipse, right? Now, I don't know if they had the uh, ability to look at the eclipse with glasses that we look at them through now, right? And maybe there was a medical reason why you didn't look at the eclipse and burn your eyes out, right? Um, so maybe some of that has to do with, you know, what's gone on previously in our DNA and our biology. But Trump, during that eclipse, looked right into the sun, right? There's a, a famous image with him and Melania and Barron, and Melania and Barron are wearing glasses, and Trump doesn't have glasses, and he is defiantly staring into the sun. And the Trump presidency was not the same after that eclipse. It's like his Mars had been eclipsed. And maybe it had to do with his um, hubris in some ways, because it's Leo, right? Maybe that's it had something to do with that. And then we, we became divided. It was almost like the eclipse path became a, a mirror for the Mason-Dixon line. And, you know, that we started to deal with the issues of race, um, women, feminism, trans, everything that could divide the country became a front burner issue. And that's all post-eclipse. So we have not really recovered from that eclipse, period, end of story, right? That's still in play you know, right now, and even Trump scrambling with his, you know, all these trials and defense, like having to defend himself. And uh, so we're in a very, and what's also interesting too, is that if you look at um, what's happening with the people that are being brought to uh, trial in Georgia, I think Mark Meadows basically flipped on the federal side, right? I, th I know he's also on the Georgia side, but you have Sidney Powell and Jenna, Jenna Ellis. And there might be somebody else, if I'm not mistaken, but they're all turning on Trump. And that's also opposite his son, which is Aquarius. And so these would be friends and associates, part of his team, right? The legal team, like they're all flipping on him. Um, and there, there's a there's a kind of a narrative floating around the Patriot community that Maybe they're all doing this to expose evidence. I don't know. I, I can't I, I can't go, you know, layers deep into that world because I, I'm not qualified. And it's a lot more speculation. Even though we deal with astrology, like there's there's a path here. You can see cause and effect. I mean, even with you know, this eclipse, you know, and all the salams, right, coming through. And now, you know, and right after that, or just before that, it was just days before that. It was the the morning of the seventh, so we're talking what six days before that, and now we're into it, right? And so this eclipse that came through Texas was in the sign of Libra, and we had the the new moon, and we have the south node also in Libra. So the the moon and the nodes 
are part of the eclipse story. So, and we're going to have an eclipse here soon. It won't be in Libra. I believe it'll be in Scorpio Taurus, which is the last eclipse cycle that we came out of, right? That's going to happen next week. Uh, actually, in a couple, I think it's a couple of days. It's uh, Taurus. The moon will be in Taurus. So we're coming out of this. Uh, it's, it's a different, it's part of the older eclipse cycle that we just came through. It's not going to happen here. But we'll just focus on uh, the one that just happened. Now, you have to have the nodes. The nodes are the ascending and descending plane of the moon. So if you're dealing with like a globe Earth model, right, the, the nodes indicate where the trajectory of the moon is going, right? Because again, globe Earth model, the moon does not move around the Earth in a complete um, flat parallel, right? Or flat orbit. It, it has a slightly ascending and descending plane to the orbit. That's my son. Hold on a second. I gotta call you back. All right. Um, so that plays a role, right? These nodes are very, very important. They last about 19 and a half months. And the nodes, whether they're um, in the ascendant or the descendant mode, really determine what happens on what we would call a mundane or a collective level. Right. So they're very, very important. They're they're really important in the individual's chart. Like your true node, which would be the ascending planet of the of the, of the moon, everybody has one. And that is your true north in your chart in this lifetime. So if you're really paying attention, that's where you need to go. Right. It is the unknown country. But you need to go there in order to find out who you are. The south node is where you've been. Been there, done that. Right. You could call on it. But you can't live there, right? Because you've already done it. When you and and the interesting thing about the nodes is that you won't be able to call on it until you get into the unknown country. And most people are not; they don't want to do that, you know, because the past is comfortable. You know, I have the South Node in Pisces, so that would be indicative of me, theoretically, past life, whatever, right? That I was really Piscean. You know, which would be like mystical or I could could have been a heroin addict or a drunkard, you know, whatever. Like Pisces tends to be sort of etheric and disembodied. So in this lifetime, my true note is in Virgo, which means I need to be hands on. You know, I need to be in the world. I can't be in the monastery or the cave or those those kinds of things. And you don't get the South Node. You don't get the ability to access that thing until you venture into the true node and once you do that then it's released right and then you have this ability to tap in and so you connect the axis but if you try to live from your south node your life will be unsuccessful not only would it be unsuccessful it could be very painful uh dane rudier talks about the dragon's head and the dragon's tail as being the the uh, uh the the representatives of the nodes right so the dragon's head is the true node the dragon's tail would be the south node. So Rudyard is very, very biological in his descriptions of astrology. So he talks about the dragon's head as also being the thing that takes in influences, right? You're consuming things through the true node. So it's got to come out somewhere, right? Where's where it going to come out? It's going to come out the south node because that's where you're that's where the uh, you're extruding your influences that's where you're evacuating the influences so the idea with that would be you want to have good influence so depending on where your node is right you say well what is the best influence that i can take in because you want you want really good fertilizer you don't want just toxic and polluted shit so the nodes are really important and to give you an example of how important they are in the story that they tell let's go back to 2020 okay just just as covid is really starting to reach its fevered pitch you know the the two weeks to stop the spread mm -hmm. where were the nodes the true node was at one cancer so the nodes move backwards so they're getting ready to move into gemini and sagittarius okay but as we go into the two weeks to stop the spread, the true no goes into it's at one cancer and then zero cancer. So what is what is what is cancer? It's all about staying home. Right. 
you know, and I'll never forget, I'm watching the NFL draft taking place in late April, early May, which is when it takes place. Usually they go to places like Vegas or New Orleans, or they have a big, like Philadelphia, Nashville. They have these big draft events, right? The whole city gets together. They never used to do this, but they made it into an event. And it's good for these cities because a lot of people show up, they get hotel rooms, they go to restaurants, they get shit-faced, right? This year, they didn't do that. They essentially put cameras in uh, every home of a GM for every team. And so they were beaming from their home. And what were they doing? A lot of times they were at home with their kids and they're making draft picks, right? This is, this is how you understand the notes. It was right there. It was all on the table. Anybody was paying attention. Where was that South node? It was in Capricorn. At what degree? It was right around one or two degrees. Who was the most important person during that time? Fauci. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What degree was Fauci's son? Two degrees Capricorn. So his son was on the South node at that time. So now Fauci, you could make a case that he's coming from the past. We're like, but what kind of past are we talking about? Probably evil, dark magician, mm-hmm. sorcerer. Totally. The, the dark Hierophant. Cause yep. that's who he is. He's the dark Hierophant. Mm-hmm. And so Fauci moves into the present and begins to determine our, 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 um, our social standing and experience, which is wrong, by the way, because he's coming from the South Node. The people at that time should have been determining what was going on. Not not the South Node and not Fauci. Now, here's the kicker. Trump, who has three planets in Cancer, he's got Saturn, he's got Venus, and he has Mercury. Now, they... they his Mercury, I think, is the lowest of the three. He's got Saturn at around 25, 26 Cancer. I think his Mercury is around like nine or something like that. So it wasn't really on the South Node. But Trump should have been playing more of a role in that Cancerian effort. And I think in the beginning, he kind of tried. Like, he kind of tried. And I think he he got outboxed and outfoxed. That's my feeling around Trump, okay? He got outboxed and outfoxed. So then, just as people are starting to get fed up with the situation, we're tired. Yes, being at home is fine, but we need to go back to our lives. We need to go back to our businesses. What do they start to do? Well, they start to protest. They get in their cars. They go to capitals. They honk their horns. You remember all this? This was all happening. Yep. Right? The notes change. They go to Gemini and Sagittarius. What is the first Gemini event that happens under the, the kind of the, this new nodal experience? May 25th, 2020 It's George Floyd, George Floyd. And where is it? Where does it take place? The nodes are in Gemini. Remember that. Where does it take place? Minneapolis, the twin cities. Wow. Right now, all this momentum, you know, the, 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 the uprising, the upswelling of the Cancerian wave gets crushed like who wants to go out in the streets of america like it's burning statues are falling people are shocked so the south node plays a huge role here the south node is in sagittarius what's sagittarius about law where's the law there's no law no law the country got divided right and it's coming off literally three years off of the eclipse and that's what so i'm just sharing with this with you because the nodes matter they're very important. You know, what did we see over the last 19 and a half months before these nodes went into Aries and Libra? Well, the South Node was in Scorpio. How much corruption, how much like, you know, child shit, you know, got our attention? You know, what what have people been doing at school board meetings? They've been reading pornography at school board meetings. That's all Scorpio stuff. That's all South Node Scorpio stuff. Hunter Biden, the laptop, the crack right? The young girls, that's all South Node Scorpio. So we're watching all this venal corruption come to the surface, right? And then Taurus on the other side of it 
just wants to play it safe, wants to, you know, hey, look, man, it's almost overwhelming here, right? So we saw clearly what was going on with that south node. And, you know, when I saw this coming, I'm like, we're going to see all this. You know, are they going to be able to do anything about it? Well, that's another story. So now the nodes have shifted. Now they're in Aries and Libra. So that brings us to our, our, our present um, our present time. So the, the, the eclipse happened in Libra because the south node was there with the sun and the moon was there with the sun. Okay. What is Libra related to? Peace, diplomacy, fairness, yeah. equality, right? Like, hey, time out. Let's hear your side. Let's hear your side. Let's mediator. Mediate. Let's mediate this. Yeah. What have we seen in the wake of the eclipse, specifically with the Middle East? Uh, violence, war, uh, um, propaganda. No mediation. No, There's zero. no mediation. No, in fact, I think I just saw some uh, something about how the U.S. said that they don't want to mediate with Hamas or with, I, th I think so, that was. So there was a, whatever you think of the U.N., mm -hmm. there was U.N. resolution for a ceasefire. The mm -hmm. United States vetoed it. Right, right, right. We vetoed the ceasefire. That is your eclipse in Libra. Because now what's happening is that the gloves are off. Nobody has any desire to have a uh, a solution that works for theoretically both sides, right? And when that happens, it becomes very apparent to people that are paying attention what's going on. So we can get into that a bit more, but I have to talk about the true node in Aries which is war, which is aggression, which is the military, it's the police force. And right now, the true node in Aries is in ascendancy, right? It's in ascendancy. Yeah, it's almost like a script. Like it, it's scripted in the heavens, and then we're all playing our roles down here. Right. And, and don't forget, these people use astrology. They know what's going on. No question, because that's historical. Right. I mean, every uh, we were talking about this before, every king and queen had their court astrologist. Right. I they mean, not to. Right. Queen Elizabeth the first. Right. Mm -hmm. John D. Yep. John D. told her when to go to war, when to not go to war. How do you think they were able to beat the Spaniards mm -hmm. again and again and again? He knew. Yeah, he knew. Uh, and I, some of those took place at sea and the Spaniards got routed because the English had a better Navy, right? But he knew when to launch the ships. Like, D knew. That's why he was prized by Queen Elizabeth. He was her ace in the hole. Nancy Reagan had an astrologer. Uh, apparently, uh, Barack Obama had an astrologer in the White House. Because, And I know that because I'm friends with an astrologer who had a friend who was their astrologer. Mm -hmm. Of course. Right? So they use astrology for timing and events. So here we go. We're we're in a war zone now with the true noted Aries. Now, on the flip side of that, you know, this is also going to affect people. And people have to take on an Aries-like um, persona in their life. Pe people have to become really aware of what's going on. And 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 you know, when you're in a time of conflict, which is very challenging for people. Um, you have to develop courage. And this is a time where people have to really uh, cultivate courage because they're going to try to push us into this war by hook or by crook. And both you and I know that they have various means of doing that, many of which are absolutely um, evil and they will not stop they'll they'll sacrifice people in order to get people into a war right a lot of times yeah. we talk about psychological operations whether they're true or real or whatever right mm -hmm. and originally you know 911 was 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 a psyop and people died in 911 mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we know they died in 911 yes oh absolutely yeah we knew yeah. people died yeah 
I would say that after 9-11, the PSYOPs became much more virtual in some ways. Like they didn't want to risk a bunch of pissed off people and have to pay people off, right? Like they did with 9-11. Here, take the money, shut up. Mm -hmm. So the PSYOPs became much more PSY, mm -hmm. right? Than, than quote unquote real. So that's what we've been dealing with for a long time. But I, you know, and then we get these kind of hybrid events sometimes too. Sometimes people do die. And sometimes, and then, and, but yet the, maybe the numbers of the killing field may not be as, as pronounced as they said they were, right? So would they be averse to pulling off a PSYOP now to get people into a wider war? No, they've done it. Historically, they've done it. They did it with World War II. Hell, they did it with World War I. They did it with Vietnam, right? They did well, it with 9-11. Right, but if, if it works, yeah. you use it when you need to use it. Right, so we live in a time where people are so confused and so um, driven by their emotional currency that they're they're willing to like just bypass those kinds of really common sense questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the school shooting thing has kind of run its course in some ways. Um, hence where we are now. Like there's a much bigger shoot 'em up taking place halfway around the world. Yeah. So Aries plays a big role, right? And getting back to your um to your to your question or about this, you know, people have to be really steadfast and and courageous. And and, and I, I know it's a, a a a minor thing, right? But I was on James Woods's Twitter feed. And I talked about this on my show today and he had a clip where some Hamas guy was, has a AK 47 was singing some song and an RPG got fired into their foxhole. And he said, I can just leave this on loop all day. The end is like a sweet and lovely musical coda. Right. Oh my God. So that is Aries. That's Aries energy. Right. But it's devoid of, of a kind of balanced and um, fair view. And we, we can, you know, we can look at the eclipse. But what's happening is now we're starting to see these people. Right. Now we're starting to see what they're all about. And if people have eyes to really look and Aries stands in the face of fire right like i've been listening to uh, interviews of howard cosell over the last week and a lot of people may not be familiar with howard cosell but he was one of the most prominent sports announcers um in the uh 60s 70s and up through the 80s he started losing a little steam in the in the 80s but for about 20 years, Howard Cosell was the mouth that roared. And he never backed down. He never apologized for his positions and who he was. Guess what? He's an Aries. Mm -hmm. Right? He's an Aries. Like, that is the lesson of Aries. So we're all collectively learning Aries lessons. It doesn't mean that we have to go to war. But what it does mean is that it's game time. Like, we're on. And you have to be clear, courageous, and resolute Yes. during this period that we're in. And saying no is almost as powerful. as It's easy. In certain situations, it's easy to say yes, right? It's easy. It's much more difficult at times to say no, right? And if we, we throw this thing back into the, 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 the Libra Aries axis, which is what we're talking about. Right. So what's on the other side, if they're not, if they're not negotiating, if they're not looking for a ceasefire, what's on the other side? Well, the other side is Hamas or Palestine. Right. So now you have all these people that are coming out in college campuses and they're like, Hey, we support Palestine. That is the Libra side. I mean, I go back and I look at, I was watching videos. This is around 2011 and these videos shocked me. And I don't know if you've ever seen them, but these are fishermen from 
uh, Palestine. And, they're, and they have these really modest boats and they're just out trying to catch fish. The Israeli Navy has these water cannons and they load them up with seawater and they would just absolutely pulverize these fishing boats with seawater, you know, to, to, you know, punish these guys and force them back into port. And when I saw that, I'm like, why are they doing this? Mm -hmm. Right. This to me is just completely, I mean, haven't you fuck with their um, livelihood enough? Can't you allow them, you know, the, 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 the luxury of, of some fish from the ocean. When I saw that, you know, it, it was, it wasn't as if what was going on, but it was one of those things where it was like, man, this is really hard to look at. That's what those people are dealing with there. And, you know, nobody has really helped them out. They said, oh, they get all this money from Iran and all these other bullshit, you know, bullshit. You know, your average Palestinian doesn't get anything from you know and by the way there are palestinians in israel that do work together they live together sometimes they cohabitate together that's mm -hmm. the other side of this story well I, I because i think also you know i think a good number of israel israeli people and palestinian people just want to live in peace that's right in peace like that's right you know and, and you you have this you know Warhawk in Netanyahu, who is a Libra, and the eclipse happened on his son, which we, we we talked about. And you have the Likud party who are bloodthirsty. And they're it's it's kind of like being in America. And what you may not like uh Joe Biden. You may not like Donald Trump. Not everybody likes their leadership. And that's clearly true in both cases for Palestine and Hamas. A lot of people in Palestine don't like Hamas. They don't. Well, no. Uh, for Netanyahu, didn't he, Robert, recently try to do something with their version of their Supreme Court so that it, it they would have no limits on how long they could stay in in yeah. office? Yeah, I think he did because he's a you know Netanyahu is a very crafty guy. Mm -hmm. He's really crafty, and he was out for a while. I think they had two other PMs. One of whom was Naftali Bennett, who was an Aries, and so that guy was a Libra, and he's back in. There was a there was a guy kind of in between the two, like their their system is really weird. I I they say it's a democracy. I don't recognize it, mm -hmm. and um, so he's back. Right, hey, I'm back, and he had all of these charges of corruption, just like Biden you know, theoretically like Trump, all these leaders, uh, whether they're real or, you know, fallacious, you know, he had these uh, corruption charges against him. They can't get rid of him. So now he's back. And it wouldn't surprise me that he might've set something up to be, you know, their Caesar for however long, you know, he needs to be or wants to be. Well, what is that saying? Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing it everywhere on yeah. in the places you know yeah. around yeah. the world Look at the world economic forum all of these guys i mean they're absolutely just corrupt to the bone yeah totally corrupt and you know and that brings us to the eclipse in april on april 8th which will be in the sign of aries and uh i am not i do i do i do my best to not be a fatalistic person because it's very disempowering to be fatalistic. That said, we can look at these things as trends and possibilities. Uh, the eclipse in April is very significant. Very, okay. very significant. Before you go into that, I'm going to quickly say for those listening that th this is why I want you to talk about this, Robert, because in 2019, I remember this very clearly in the fall of 2019, you said about 2020, you said something like, I don't know what's coming in 2020, but you said, if we get through what we're going to be enduring these next few years, basically we're going to be like high-fiving each other on the other side, because you said, this is big and this is dramatic and it's going to change you know, the face of this country. You said that. And I remember in January of 2020 then, I started doing these sort of declarations for the year, which is part of my kind of manifesting. And uh, 
you know, I really stayed with that. And, and I know that that got me through that year. But in other, in other words, that kind of heads up, even though you didn't know exactly what was coming, it prepared me. It prepared me. I knew, okay, something big is going to happen. It's going to be absolutely epic. And, and I just want to make sure, like when everyone was out there buying toilet paper, like I was already pretty prepped. Right. Yes. Yes. So, so I just want to sort of say that. And, and so now, all right. So next April, let's hear. We're, so we're at an hour. Do you want, do you want to, do you want to use so the for, for the second No, hour? actually we're not Robert. We're at 45 oh. minutes. Oh, okay, late. cool. My bad. Yeah, Cause yeah. we talked before him. My apologies. Okay. Um, and we started late. Um, okay. Well, let's get into it. Right. If we go back to 2020, once we got into, so the reason I brought that up was because of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that was happening at 25 degrees in January of 2020. And the closer we got to that, I actually was at um, a small symposium in Austin and I was asked to give a presentation. So I went up to the, to the chalkboard and I started talking about time. And I asked people about the relationship with time. And then I said, we are coming to a place where we are going to run out of time. And it's going to happen very quickly. And where you're going to be is very important. Very, and you may, you may even be um, locked down where you're going to be. And I had no idea uh, that it was going to be Corona, but I could sense it. And when we, when we hit COVID, time ended on March 13th time stopped because all the activities that we associate with time ceased, even the Olympics, which were supposed to happen in Japan didn't happen. They had to push them out a year. Uh, March madness didn't happen, right? The NBA finals, you know, eventually they, they, it was the bubble. They stopped the season. So time for all intents and purposes stopped. Right. That is the Saturn Pluto conjunction. It was huge. We haven't even really come back. We've been in this weird kind of interregnum since then. We have these things that are that are seasonal. Like we had the March Madness last year with the Super Bowl, but it doesn't feel like the same time. Like it's like we're living in a different time now. Um 2020, I think, is a garden party compared to this eclipse that's coming. Okay. And I don't mean to put people in a state of fear. No, but preparation, preparation, you know, like at the end of the day, it's like just people become so soft and they just, oh, it's negative or it's scary or I'm just going to channel light. It's like, oh, my God, if we have a little heads up here, the ancients understood the importance of it. We can prepare ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally. For this. So here's what I would say. When we, when we look at Aries, what, what do we think of with Aries? We had some of the, um, you know, corollaries earlier. Aries are first responders, right? It's not just, not just cops, but also um, people that, you know, are, you know, your, your, uh, what do you call them? Uh, e EMTs, right? EMTs, fire people, firemen, you know, those are first responders, Right. So the first thing I would say to everybody is get in touch with your first responder skills hmm. across the board. So what would that mean? Well, you should probably take a Red Cross course. Learn how to do things. Right. If somebody, you know, how, how you know, if somebody gets hurt, how do you, how do you, how do you prepare a tourniquet? How do you deal with that? How do you make a splint? Right. You got to you got to get real well versed with your first responder tools. And for some of those tools, you know, you're you're entering into, you know, home defense, self-defense, all those things that are not real pretty. You know, this is areas we're talking about here. And this eclipse literally comes up from Mexico. The first place it hits is Sinaloa which is the home of one of the cartels. Now, granted, Sinaloa is probably, of the three cartels, probably, if, if we could make a, a value or moral-based judgment, it's probably the best of the three cartels. 
because the Sinaloa philosophy is to not kill women and children, right? They're kind of like more old school mafia. The other two cartels don't adhere to that at all. But the fact that we're dealing with Mexico, we're dealing with all these, you know, fighting age men, that eclipse is coming right up from Mexico, right into Texas. And it's in Aries. Hello, do the math here, okay? Do the math. And it's in, it, the other thing with that eclipse, which um, I talked about, and I went into greater detail on the show on Sunday night, is the fact that it also kind of, um, what do you, what do you, what do you call it, it? It kind of parallels the Mississippi River and the New Madrid fault line. That's important because the last eclipse in 2017, and again, I, 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 you know, I really, um, sort of stumbled upon this even after I did the presentation. Right. The, the, there's a 17,000 mile crack across America. And I'm looking at this map and it starts up in British Columbia, Puget Sound, and cuts at a diagonal. That follows pretty much the eclipse in 2017. And then the eclipse in April follows the New Madrid fault line. So they've had three, three massive quakes. One occurred in the same year, 1812. So 1811 eight, and 8-2 eight, and 1812, you had these great quakes, December, January, and February. So both of these cracks intersect at the New Madrid seismic zone which is essentially St. Louis and the arch, uh, which is the gateway to the West. Right. So, I mean, literally we could be dealing with this idea of flood, right? We're already being flooded by migrants. Like what happens during the eclipse cycle where if you think maybe, you know, 400,000, you know, fighting age men or something now. What happens during this eclipse where, where the there's such a massive wave of humanity that comes through that it's that it's unstoppable? Or what if the flood itself is what happens with the New Madrid? I mean, either way, we're dealing with this idea of a flood. And it's all coming up from the south. So if if it, let's say it was a flood, let's say something did happen with the New Madrid. Well, you'd want to learn some first responder skills, right? Like how do you, how, you know, so we we're this eclipse or these eclipse cycles put us in completely unprecedented territory. You know, like, like, like we could probably look at, Oh, I don't know. Well, let's use another country, for example. How about Australia? Australia's a continent. Has Australia gone through these series of eclipses? Like not to my knowledge. You know, I'm sure Australia has at least one major eclipse in their evolutionary cycle. And the thing is, right, I went back and I looked through the history of America to find eclipses in this, in these signs. There's some, but they're not major. There's, And then I think you have to go to what, like the year 2300 or something like that to come across something like this again. This is unprecedented. Like these eclipses are going to change the country and the world fundamentally. We're already seeing it. We're already seeing this, you know, the, the, the eclipse sun in Libra. Right. And it's like, well, you, you got to go over there. You got to go protect our best friends over there because you're dealing with these horrific animals and beasts like the orcs, you know, we're already seeing it. There's no, there's there, there's no balance there's no equilibrium so this is a these are very very important and you know things don't always happen the day of the eclipse like there you know we're still in the eclipse wave three and a half weeks out and there are personal ramifications of the eclipse as well so we're dealing with relationships in libra you know what what's you know if you have planets in libra or aries Right. You're going to be dealing with the effects of these eclipses. So what are, you know, what's going on in relationships? What are people's motivations in relationship? 
right? Like, you know, and, and you know, how, how do we deal with the fact that we might discover something possibly quite dark, even though it look, may look very benign, we might, we might discover something quite dark in relationship. It's like, oh, where did that come from? How do I deal with that? This is somebody I care about, somebody I'm in relationship with. How do I deal with this? You know, because that's what happens with eclipses, especially, you know, the, the, this dark face, things are revealed, but they're the, it, it, you know, the sun illuminates, right? So, you know, we're able to see the, you know, the, the everyday shadows with the sun, but, but an eclipse sun, it, it illuminates like the inner shadows and the things that are kind of stirring around and lurking around us and others. So. You know, these are very important times, you know, I, I wouldn't say that they're, um, to some extent, you could use the word biblical, right? But I, I don't necessarily buy into, like, the Armageddon story. They'll, they'll create the Armageddon story to hook the Christians. Mm -hmm. But we're coming to, I think, a time of revelation. Because with Libra and Aries, you're dealing with very fundamental energies, right? Revelation, what is our relationship to fill in the blank? Somebody else, our work, our country, the political system. What is our relationship to these things? And some of the some of those questions may have very uncomfortable answers. Aries, right? What is my relationship with who I am as a being? What am I capable of? You know, am I just a pawn in the chessboard, cannon fodder for you know, the global elites, or in a time of crisis, do I have the opportunity to live a heroic life? And not all, not all heroes live, by the way. Not all heroes get to, you know, sit around the campfire years later and have their most heroic deeds told by their, by their offspring. You know, there are, there are heroes that, that will lose themselves you know, in the combat of everyday life, but there's no other thing that, you know, it's going to bring up a lot of fear. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I think fear is going to be huge. Yeah. You can always, you can, you know, you can kind of feel it. It's already kind of encroaching, you know, it's like, it's like the fog it's starting to roll in. And um, I played this video today on my show. It was this guy living in uh, some suburb in Georgia. He's black. He's from Georgia. They just dropped off all these African dudes in his neighborhood. And he's like, you know, WTF, like, what is going on here? Who are they? How did they get here? Why are they here? Right. The guy has some legitimate apprehension. He, you know, he rolled his window down. He called this one guy over and then the guy came over and he had a cross on my, my sense is he's probably Haitian. Mm -hmm. uh, but he had a cross on and he's trying to talk to the guy. The guy could speak French, but you know, the, the guy in the car couldn't, you know, and is that guy a bad person? Is he a demon? I don't know. Maybe he's not, you know, it's kind of like when you, you know, throw a net out to sea, you're getting a bunch of fish, a bunch of different fish. You'll get some tuna. Maybe you'll get some, uh, cod maybe get some crab right not every fish you catch is going to be the same so you know maybe the guy's a good guy maybe, maybe he's like hey you know i just want to be here where i live sucked give me a job i'll learn the language and i'll turn into a good american not everybody's going to be like that well and have you heard of peter santanello on youtube yes, yes. hey he he does really superb uh kind of journalistic videos and he's got a whole series on what is going on at the border it's yeah. really really good and he is talking to people who work there so sheriffs border patrol and and really cool reasonable people talking about just this horrible thing that's happening and and, and also uh the last one i watched I think it was a border patrol guy saying, look, these people can come through the regular channels, but guess what's happened since they made, you know, these borders so porous is that the cartels you'd mentioned earlier, 
the cartels are making, I, I can't even imagine how much they're making charging these people for them to get them across, like at least $7,000 per person. It's $10,000, but that that is a nominal fee. Um, where they make their money is on the other side. And those people then become beholden to the cartels. Yes, yes, yes. So we've got I mean, massive human trafficking as a result of these porous borders. He He's fantastic. His name is Peter Centinello. For those who've never heard, go on YouTube, look him up. His, I, I think he does a great job. You know, so I really like him. Um, I think he made a huge mistake and he, thankfully, he didn't double down but his wife is Ukrainian and okay. he came out in support of the war. And when it first happened and I'm like, dude, you are so misinformed about this whole thing. Right. And so I unsubscribed from him, mm -hmm. but guess what? YouTube doesn't give a shit. They promote <laughs> him at every single turn. Right. So they like his algorithm. Well, why uh -huh. is that? Why is that? I've right. actually I've actually had discussions with people and the discussions kind of bordered on is P. Santanello a spook? Mm. Well, you know what? These are important questions to ask because I'm finding uh, well over these past several years, if it if it sounds too good to be true, that's because it is. You know, and and, right. and something's going on beneath the surface. Right. Now he has done a video about how he was kind of a nobody and at 40, his life turned right. And, and YouTube played a huge role in that. Um, but yeah, I don't subscribe to him, but YouTube always gives me his stuff, gives me his feed. Um, and you know, he's very likable. Like when he was in, um, Appalachia, I love some of those episodes yeah, I watched that. where he was in Appalachia and he was with, uh, the, the barefoot preacher. I love, I, lo I love the that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, fundamentally, I think Pete is probably a good guy, Yeah. but he's one of these guys who's a made man on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, but I saw, I saw the border stuff. I saw it. It was valuable. Yeah. I mean, once they get here in this country, it, you know, uh, it's kind of like the mob and the cartels own them. Well, you're going to do this for us now. You're going to do this for this now. Yeah. 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 So many of them are become slaves. I mean, it's really, it's horrible. I, I stayed with friends after your event in Kerrville. I was in Dripping Springs with uh, this wonderful couple. They were retreat clients. They'd come for a few retreats and now they become very dear friends. And, uh, and, and, uh, oh my goodness. I got firsthand stories of kind of what's going on because the husband is a hunter as well. And, you know, in terms of, border ranches and stuff and it's horrible it's horrible these cartels will like come over to the the house and uh these are people that they know these people personally and tell them look there's going to be all manner of things going on you know we're bringing people back and forth here and uh there's nothing you can do about it and if you give us any problems we will kill you we will kill your entire family we'll kill all your animals and anyone you know so these they're they're you know prisoners on their own ranches essentially, and it's just unbelievable what is happening and and it's not out there. You know, you're not going to hear it on the news. It's so funny when I was uh, podcasting around 2016, 2015, 2016, I was urging the United States government to go to war with the cartels, mm. right? It's like, well, we go to all these other places where there are so-called uh, distressed democracies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't we just go down there? Yeah, Just take them on, root them out. You know, George Bush had no problem sending, uh, you know, thousands of troops to Panama to rest Manuel Noriega back in 1989 while, you know, wreaking havoc on the local populace. And no problem doing that. Mm -hmm. easy yeah. right yeah the reason they don't do that is because there are people in this country huge people economic titans that are making a shit ton of money off the drug trade mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. these are people that uh traffic in 
quote unquote respectable businesses. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they have huge amounts of power and influence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. We're at the end of the first hour and I have a lot, a lot more that I want you to speak to. So more about next April and, and also kind of how long this is going to go, what's on the other side of this. So I will invite listeners to go over to the mushroomsapprentice.com and subscribe and we're going to get right into it.